0: What's up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to what Josue has to say. Today's episode is an episode I think that should concern—not concern—but all Miamians should be involved with. Um, I think it's. We can all agree that we have seen a current influx of people in Miami recently. Newcomers, immigrants, as I like to like call them, from other states. And it's it could be for many reasons, right? It could be just because they're sick of their cities, or it could be you know we have no state income tax, um, or they're just you know just sick of their cities. But we know for a fact that a major reason is Miami's growing really quickly when it comes to tech, right? And this initiative has been led by City of Miami's own Mayor Francis Suarez. You know he's he's led the initiative and so many companies. And so many different in finance and tech have uh, flocked to our to our city. And in order to help me with this discussion and navigate around this, I've invited a good friend of mine, Parker McCurley. Parker.
1: Hey, Josue. Good to see you, man.
0: Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. We just spent like three hours before this together. but <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> We were in traffic on 95. So
0: Yeah, which is pro- partially caused by all you immigrants. But, you know, it's fine. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, so I chose Parker because I really respect Parker. I don't tell him this often because his ego is pretty big. But no, I do respect him. And um, the reason why I do is because Parker, he's built his own company from the ground up. He has a tech company. So who better than to help me with this conversation? And he moved it. To Miami, so who better, you know, to help me out with this. And he got this done all before his mid-20s, right? How old are you now, Parker?
1: I'm 25. 25. Look at
0: that guy. He's fucking taking over the world. Um, And aside from that, his company is also based on blockchain, so I did want to get into a little bit of crypto today. Um, So he can help me out with that as well. Uh, What's up, man? How you doing? How's the family? I'm
1: good, man. We're good. We're
0: good. I'm, uh, yeah, we're uh, moving apartments, so I've been
1: packing up with Sarah and my and my dog Toby um, and yeah I mean I've, I've been in Miami for three years now I've been loving it um, life's good right now life is very good there's a lot happening around um, so you know I'm just enjoying watching Miami grow the way that I kind of hoped it would when I first saw it so it's been really awesome So but yeah man I've been good I've been good life is good I'm busy work is busy we're hiring a lot of people we're you know, trying to ride the wave of Miami Tech, so to speak.
0: Um, I see you came with a shameless plug on your shirt. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got to advertise
0: Decentlabs.io if you guys, you know, want to take a look at his website and his company.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, and Decent's cool. Just for people who don't know about us, uh, we're a venture studio, which uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's a, a hybrid of a development agency and a venture fund. So we, uh, we co-build companies with startup founders and give them the resources that they need to take their vision and their product and bring it to market. Um, we primarily operate within the cryptocurrency industry and uh, we moved to Miami about three years ago and have been based here ever since.
0: Nice, okay. Uh, tell, my, tell my followers how, how you came about, uh, who is Parker McCurley, and how the inception of it all, you know, and you're an Ohio kid, you know, take us from Soup to nuts, as corporate people say,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, um, yeah, man, much appreciated, so, yeah, like like Osway mentioned, uh, I grew up in Ohio, I was actually born in Alabama on the Gulf Coast, so maybe that's why I like the weather down here so much, but uh, I was raised in Cleveland, Ohio, um, to uh, really awesome hardworking parents who definitely taught me uh you know how to how to focus and how to drive and how to be ambitious and. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, I, uh, when I was about, you know, I mean, growing up, I always just loved computers. So I was always doing stuff on a computer. You know, uh, my one of my earliest memories was my dad playing Diablo, which is this old video game for PC. And you know, he was always either gaming or just doing something online. So I kind of got exposed to it at a young age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've done everything creative with a computer that I could think of. Like, I, in high school, I interned as a graphic designer. I interned in a music studio uh, making digital music. I, uh, you know, I've worked as a software developer, obviously. Um, and nowadays, I run my company remote online as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I, I had a hard time uh, figuring out, I guess, just, like, what my path was. Um, into the tech industry you know I I wasn't great in school so I you know online it looked like all the people who were going to uh, change the world and and make these crazy companies were like Stanford and MIT and
0: I feel like a lot of people that do great things not a lot I mean it's a stereotype but they don't excel in school like they don't they're (laughs) not the traditional like though I feel like the traditional book smart person that really does really well like ends up like being like I don't know like a VP in a corporate company but it's not really like you know, they don't make it, like, big, big, they're not, like, Bezos big, or, like, you know what I mean, like,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I love, I love, look, I've definitely enjoyed, uh, you know, like, the underdog story over the years, and, like, people, they galvanize around it, and they're passionate about it, but I also definitely, uh, you know, I admire anybody who's accomplished great things in their life, no matter, you know, who they are, where they're from, and, I will say for me, like I listened to a lot of Kanye growing up, and I definitely, you know, I, I always wanted to do great things in my life and just didn't see a path forward. So uh, it helps me to think, you know, at all the great examples we have of people who've uh, ended up in their place in life through an alternative path. So as I would say, you know, and I definitely support people, whether whether it's getting a PhD or dropping out of high school, like whatever you need to do to pursue your dreams, I, I respect and I support. And uh, yeah, man. So for me, you know, I uh, like I said, I didn't do great in school, and I and at some point it just happened where um, I was actually at an airport. I was visiting my dad, and I met uh, my friend Christian, who's still to this day a huge support in my life. And, uh, you know, we were talking and I told him that I was going to community college and I thought I wanted to be an engineer because I wanted to build things and, I, you know, I like math. So, And he said, hey, man, you should really try computer programming. I'm like, man, that sounds so boring because, you know, I was always into making art with computers but never programming them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he told me to try it and I went home and I, I looked at Code Academy at the time and, you know, I wrote my first line of code that night and I don't, I don't think I took a day off for two years after that. I mean, it became... I loved it instantly. It was the idea that I could just solve puzzles that were fun and potentially I could make an amazing career out of it. You know, I saw this as this amazing opportunity uh, when he told me about all the opportunities that there were in the tech industry. Um, and I also realized that, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur like, my whole life. And, you know, if you wanna start uh, almost any restaurant, you need a lot up front. you need capital, you need experience, you need to know other people who can show you the ropes. And, you know i didn't have any of those things and i realized with programming you know if i could get good enough at it to build something that i really saw you know in the future if i had a vision for that um all i needed was hard work you know i needed my own time and energy and that was it so i saw it as a path for me to uh make a life that i wanted so um
0: how'd you start decent
1: yeah man that's a great question so you know fast forward a little bit and i was working as a software developer at the time um, and, and I mean, I guess we got to go back you know I, just to talk on Bitcoin real quick you know, I discovered Bitcoin in high school, I mean I was mining it on a laptop in tenth grade, and uh I never viewed it as like an opportunity to invest in or anything because i didn't I didn't think like that and I was fifteen years old I mean who um, thought about it
0: back then? nobody <laughs> like yeah,
1: I was just fascinated in it and uh and yeah uh, When I got out of high school, uh, like I said, I went to community college and I ended up uh, falling in love with programming and I learned a lot outside of school. And to make a long story short, I found myself working as a software engineer uh, at 19. And uh, at that point in time, which was uh, 2014, uh, Bitcoin all of a sudden became this like mainstream and, and it was quiet at that point, right? In 2014, Yeah, nobody knew it was, about it back then. It was super quiet still. But in 2014, you know, Coinbase was out. And this thing that I knew a lot about popped up back on my radar. And I was pretty interested in it. But I never thought I'd ever work in the industry. Or, you know, I never thought I would possibly be capable of, like, building that kind of software. Um, so, you know, I'm working at a consulting firm at the time. Uh, it was awesome. It was this place in Cleveland called DXY. And it was the team was amazing. They taught me so much.
0: Shout out DXY.
1: And uh, Yeah. And... Uh, you know, while I was working there, I met my business partner, Adam. And, you know, at some point we figured out that we were both really interested in the cryptocurrency Um, and we, you know, hit it off, became friends. And that was in 2017 uh, when I called him and said, hey man, like, let's do this. Let's build a crypto company. Like, I wanna wanna do crypto. I saw that it was here to stay. I saw that it was gonna change the world. And I saw this long-term vision for it and the ability to create a more equal opportunity in the world for people and not allow the economy to, to uh, restrict people so much from that opportunity. So, um, you know, I was hooked. I was hooked and I wanted to work on it more than anything. And, you know, we struggled figuring out like, what is our business going to be? And uh, one day I get a phone call and note at this point, I'm living, you know, I'm renting the attic of a five bedroom house with a bunch of dudes, you know, sleeping in a (laughs) mattress on the floor. And Adam's just had a second child with his wife and you know, they're, they're, starting their life and you know, they're busy, they have a lot of responsibility and we both get the same phone call that the company we worked for went out of business. It's crazy. So I go, This is a sign. This is my time. I need to start this company. You know, Adam's going, I just had, you know, we have two kids now. We got you know, we have a lot to 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 worry about and, you know, and uh and yeah, I told him, look, like I know that crypto is what we're supposed to do. Like let's make it happen. So we flew to the Texas Bitcoin conference. Shout out Austin. Um and we ended up uh, walking out of there with our first few clients. And we just walked around. We said, hey, we're programmers. We love, we love this. What can we help you with? And we found at the time that the industry had was full of visionaries and full of capital, but wasn't full um, yet of developers that had found out you could actually do this for a living and build apps uh, that use cryptocurrency and build your own cryptocurrency. So, you know, we were able to find uh, a lot of opportunities early on. And we decided that we wanted to work in this industry forever. And yeah, that was how we kind of got started.
0: Good shit. So you started this all in Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. So we started the business. How'd you bring in it down
1: to, what, what made you, why Miami? How did, you know? Totally. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we were we were working, you know, in Cleveland and I was traveling a lot. Like I, I was, crypto's global. So that meant conferences and meetings and clients and employees are all over the world. So you know i was only spending at the time a week out of the month at home um and and i uh yeah i was traveling a lot and i wanted to go to a city that had an established tech community where i could really push um decent to that next level and 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 just be somewhere where there were more people doing stuff like me um in terms of working in crypto so um, I was kind of torn between a few options, and during that time, I actually made it down here uh, to visit a potential customer, and I'd never been to Miami before, and I woke up in the morning in Cleveland, it was negative 7, uh, and I landed here, it was, I think, February, and it was 70 degrees out, and I was hooked, and I, uh, I, uh, I, I saw the palm trees and the, the beauty of the city. Um, and I was—I just immediately thought Miami had this magic charm to it I'd never seen before, but that wouldn't get me to move somewhere. You know, that was just oh, this is another great place. Um, and what ended up happening was that week I, I went to an event that was hosted by Refresh Miami, which Brian Breslin and Maria Russo at Refresh has probably done more for the Miami tech industry's growth than any other organization I know of here. And I went to that event, and I saw, I think, you know, it was Jason from 500 Startups speaking, and I think there must have been 300 or 400 people at this event. And I'd never never been to a tech event that size outside of Silicon Valley or New York. And I'd never heard of this Miami tech. And I come down here, and I saw the most active tech community I'd ever been a part of. And I was just blown away. And I made that decision in about three days that I was going to move down here. Um, And that
0: was it. That's wild, dude. And it's been Miami ever since. What, yeah. When was this? Three, three years ago?
1: Yeah. So I actually officially moved here Music Week of 2018. What a time to be alive! Which I did not know at the time. So
0: he's he's a pioneer. He's pre the <laughs> the, the, the the recent influx. The Oh
1: man, no. I feel I feel like I I I saw what was happening at that time, and I saw there was a community here already of these people. Like I mentioned. um, You know uh another huge friend who's really helped us get settled here is austin bunsen at quicknode they're another crypto startup here and they've built some pretty amazing technology and you know that guy has been a pioneer in the tech industry here for you know his whole life really and has created events and community uh structure and just really created this movement and when i showed up here that was what blew my mind it wasn't oh maybe someday miami is going to have this tech economy that would allow me to move here and grow my business here it was already there when i got here like the day i visited miami it was so clear to me and the combination of that value in that community and what i've now learned is this entrepreneurial spirit that defines this city and the people of the city um when i saw it and i realized i had never heard about it before i was just i thought this was the greatest opportunity for me period like i couldn't imagine any other city that would be a better place for me to move to for both reasons of quality of life, and opportunity to grow my company.
0: Hey, Doug, I yeah. love when people rep my city. Like, I, I mean, you're not a native here, but, you know, like, it's... it I love when people see what I see in my city, you know? And, like, Parker, when I met Parker, he was, like, a bigger fucking fan of Miami than I was. And I was like, this guy is just like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know? I
1: mean, I love it here, man. And, um, honestly, every single time over the last three years that I've seen... Uh, another entrepreneur relocate here or more appreciation of what we have in this city. Um, it's been an opportunity. I mean, to me, it's just shown me like, yes, like this is really happening, you know? Because when I moved here, I, th- I thought, I saw th- I saw what this city has and, and, and what it will be. And, and uh, yeah, it's just amazing to see it happening and to see it being appreciated and to be respected, most importantly. Uh,
0: absolutely. You said earlier that when you came here because there was already an established presence however in my opinion i don't think i think there there was at the time a presence but it's more more it was more of a startup presence like miami hasn't really ever been known for being like a tech place you when you think tech you think san francisco silicon valley new york maybe uh, austin for sure you know but miami never had that name to it right um it was just really been startups, and in my opinion, most of the startups haven't even been my, um, Miami. It's been like more Fort Lauderdale. I think Fort Lauderdale has been more of like uh, I could be wrong though. Um, yeah, so I mean th- I love
1: all of South Florida, but I think Miami has everyone beat when it comes to this. Oh,
0: Miami's got that uh, extra sauce, you know, it's just yeah. You know, and in general, um, so I started wondering like when did this really st- when this initiative when this initiative really started to take a boom? Why? You know, uh, so I started doing some research, and according to Crunchbase, right, the real boom started when, in 2020, uh, high-profile investors, including Founders Fund general partner Keith Rabois and Bloomberg Capital founder David Blumberg, moved to South Florida. Soon after Miami Miami Mayor Francis Suarez began promoting the city as an emerging tech hub, and at the start of of the new year, there's increasing attention on the South Florida city and tech circles. So that was it was really uh, before COVID, right before COVID, that people started, you know, moving down here, and it started being marketed as as a, as a tech hub, you know. And shortly after, um, when some, I have a list of companies that I've moved here. I'll share those later. But I do know that again, back to the mayor, he's the one that really started pushing this on Twitter with uh, how can I hashtag, how can I help. Movement, which he ended up bringing, you know, these tech companies here, and he even they even uh, went to Silicon Valley and bought out some billboards, and did the whole you know move to Miami thing, and you know just coerced everyone to come here. (laughs) She gonna
1: make you move to Miami,
0: right? (laughs) The song,
1: man. Um, Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, I can share my own experience and what I saw here, right? And um, and I think every single person, you just listed um and many others deserve credit for all of the attention and all of the respect that Miami's getting right now so what I saw when I first came here um so first of all South Florida has always been a corporate headquarter hub I mean there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to live here that have nothing to do with tech it's sunny it's warm the people are beautiful and amazing and the culture is the most vibrant uh that I've ever seen and I mean, it's I, I love it here, right? And um, so it's, it's long been a hub for corporate headquarters and for larger companies um, that n- not the ones that you think of when you think the cutting edge of the tech industry, that you think of the Silicon Valley and the Denver and the Austin companies uh, uh, of the world. So I think, um, you know, I saw that. So there's always been a infrastructure here. For example, like the cruise lines are a huge employer of software developers and designers you know a lot of the people i've met here in the industry that were already working in the industry they were working for one of the local you know large corporates but not necessarily a tech company um now on the startup side there's so many elements that make up a real thriving tech economy between talent and entrepreneurship and capital quality of life and attraction um and you have these places like wincode and the lab in winwood um and the cic the cambridge innovation center And all of these places, um, a space called Tribe in Overtown, that were creating these community events and these community spaces to promote learning and education, right? Which helps to develop talent. It helps to develop entrepreneurial circles. It helps to develop an overall spirit for the city. Um, And those are the places that I hung around when I first moved here to meet people and, you know, to learn what was going down here in Miami. Um, And then what I really saw, you know, let's say that stuff's been going on. Let's just say on the... Conservative side for the last 10 years, people have been really actively building this grassroots startup community between accelerators, incubators, uh, local venture funds, uh, local angels like Miami Angels. You know, um, who are those? Yeah, so Miami, an angel investor is uh, it's an investor. They're, they basically they're people who make very high risk investments because they're very early stage. Oh, so like an angel? They're, like a- <laughs> they're usually the people who are writing your first check for your company. Wow. And they're they're and yeah they're they're really they're giving you a shot. Great and name. Yeah, and um, my my friend Miguel Vias, um, awesome, you know, awesome professional here in Miami to know in the cryptocurrency industry, and you know he's with Miami Angels as well, and and really focused on driving investment here locally. So we have all these local players who've spent you know decades if not years, um, you know, spending time developing this local infrastructure with the people, the talent, the capital, the drive. And that drive is so core to Miami's DNA. It's not a tech thing. That's a Miami thing. That's don't get it twisted. Like (laughs) entrepreneurs have been coming to Miami. Entrepreneurs have been here in Miami since before, you know, social media. It's the the Miami grit, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, and I, and that's the, that's the the defining factor. So, so anyway, so all this is happening, and now we have a mayor who has leveraged social media in a way that I think is unprecedented in a mayor in the United... I mean, I can't think of another example.
0: Well, he's a younger mayor, right? He's yeah. a millennial at the end of the day. Yeah, he definitely is a millennial. Um. So he has this skill, and he and there's, there's
1: this ecosystem that's been built up over years by the people of Miami that nobody's heard of outside of South Florida. And all of a sudden, you have these big outsiders coming in like SoftBank, right? Uh, making massive investments in Miami companies. You know, I mean, there are, there are unicorns here. There are multi-billion dollar startups here. You have 500 startups making a presence here and helping to bridge entrepreneurs from Latin America into the United States market and growing their companies in Miami. Um, and then you have a mayor who's able to show this everyone. And that's what he did. I mean, to me, he took this amazing thing that had happened here and promoted it to the entire world, um, and, and and I love it. So I think when you look at Mayor Suarez and you look at guys like Keith Rabois who are coming here from you know the the upper echelon of technology, and they're making this stuff world renowned and official. Um, and I and I have respect for that so much. Just like I have respect for the people who built the tech hub here, that they're showing.
0: It's definitely going to change the scene in Miami. I think this is going to be a very different city and. 10 years. Ah, in what way, I'm not sure yet, but it, things will definitely be very different in 10 years.
1: I hope for the better. It's an opportunity for the better. It's it, an opportunity for more opportunity if for d- everyone. If
0: done right. You know, there's a lot, and that's actually something I wanted to get, get into, which we will in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I did look up, um, I was curious which companies have actually moved down here, and I, I read an article by the Biz Journal, and I got a list. However, this list was published, I think, early May. So, I mean, we're still in May, but there, there could have been, you know, some other companies. So, the ones that have relocated, I think to this extent have been ACI Worldwide Corp. If you know any of these, I don't know any of the almost any of these, but if you know any of these, you know, make sure to, you know, say something. ACI Worldwide Corp, Candex, Colony Capital, Elliot Management Corp, Pipe Technologies and Shifty Pixie. So, Pipe
1: Pipe is fascinating actually. is amazing. Do? So, Pipe um and you know, I'm not an expert, but from what I understand, they treat recurring, so in software, one of the great things about the software business model is the concept of recurring revenue. So when you have a customer in a software product, you're typically having them subscribe to it, and they're paying you every month for some period of time, and then you're building up all of those customers, and now you have this huge customer base that you can continue to work with and that you can continue to serve. Now, that recurring revenue If you think about it, if I have a million customers, and they're subscribed, and I know that on average, a customer subscribes for two years to my product, that means that I have very predictable income that I can expect for the next two years. Now, Pipe looks at that income as an asset, and lets businesses leverage it um, to grow as if it was, you know, their own money.
0: Yeah, I'm fascinated by so many, like, I mean, maybe because I'm at the age now where I actually take a look at these things that I've never noticed before. But I think we're at an age where, like, so many of these companies have so many varying diff- different uh, business models. Yeah, you know that you would j- like. Were you just telling me right now? I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, like I, I mean, don't know. It blows my mind. I mean, it blows yeah, your mind. Yeah, like you never would have yeah. thought that somebody thought, out, like, yo, if we you know do this and this and this, then it's it's so different. And I think that's uh, it shows a lot of like light towards the future you know there's there's so many so much potential towards what we can actually do um those were the companies that actually relocated here but then the companies that have opened offices we have benefit technologies blackstone blackstone is financial right yeah that's a big one yeah they're huge uh boston private florida founders founders fund future tech enterprises Globant, novo palm drive capital 72 asset management swag up. I actually have to look up swag up just because the name it. swag it. up, they just make like boxes full of swag. Um, Toma Bravo, Virtue Financial, Wolf Advisors, and Zumper.
1: Well, I think Founders Fund is amazing to see here, and and you know, seeing 500 startups and their presence here was such an official name in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who,
0: uh, tell us a little bit more about. I mean, I don't know who they are, and I'm sure half the people watching okay. this don't know. Yeah,
1: so 500 startups, which I think I got to give them credit for identifying Miami as a huge opportunity in a city that also needed those resources. Um, and they, you know, they're a, they're an early stage venture fund. So think angels are the individuals who they see you and they want to put a little bit of money behind you and help you get your business started. Once you've done that and figured out that like, hey, this is actually going to work, you go somewhere like five. If you're lucky, you go somewhere like 500 startups, and those are the people who fund you so that you can grow that business and scale it and, you know, get to that next step. So, um, so they they came here early, and I mean, I, their mission is basically, I think, to help as many people start as many startups as I mean, it's in their name, right? Um, it's to invest in a ton right. of yeah, companies yeah. and promote entrepreneurship. Now, Founders Fund that you read off that list. Um, they are one of the, um, I mean, most legendary venture capital firms that have ever existed in the United States. That's Peter Thiel's fund. Um, he's famous for, you know, both starting PayPal and being, I believe, if not the first, one of the earliest investors in Facebook, um, amongst other things. So to me, again, it's like I said, it started with maybe someone in my network I would see on LinkedIn or on Instagram even, oh, I'm moving to Miami. And I go, cool, this is happening. Now we're seeing the most prominent venture capital firms that exist relocating to Miami. So what that tells me is that this isn't a short-lived fad or trend or people getting out of New York to come here during COVID. This is permanent, you know, and this is going to stick.
0: Uh, Reasons why Miami is not the next, like, capital. It's basically they just stated it out. It's like, we already have one. It's Silicon Valley. Like, we don't, it's not... People aren't going to leave indefinitely from there. That place is still there. And in the climate that we're in right now, uh, tech capital would also just really be global. It wouldn't be just in one place. Like, you know, everyone's remote. Everyone's all over the place. And there's so many. Yeah. So it's the fact that they were just kind of trying to shit on our city. But (laughs) whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I couldn't hang here, I might act the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, I also, I wanted to get into the pros and cons of this all. I have a lot of fears about this and I've expressed this on my Instagram. Um, yeah. plenty, I think, um, I've expressed that city of Miami is one of the poorest cities in the nation for sure. Um, the wealth gap, which means that the amount of people that are poor versus the amount of people that are really wealthy, that in between it's very small, Right. There isn't much of a middle class. Um, and the fear is that all these tech companies moving here, if they don't actually offer middle class jobs, meaning they ship shit to other places or remote jobs or bring in the people that are, they already have, then that's just going to create a bigger divide, right, within the, the wealth gap. Um, market prices are soaring, Miamians can't afford anything here in Miami as it is, and with more wealthy people, tech is tech pays very well. You know, six figures and up mostly. So the fear is that this is all driving eventually going to drive Miamians out, right? This can go either way. If I I could be completely wrong, you know, like yeah, um, people could actually they could act, a lot of these companies could actually yeah give middle class jobs to to a lot of Miamians, and it could go the opposite way. But right now we're in too early of a stage to really even see what the hell is going to happen with all this. So we're kind of on this, on the, on the fence, seeing like which way we're going to drop. What do you think about all this?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of thoughts here. So, and I will, I will also, uh, I'll start this by saying that my partner in life, Sarah, uh, is a social worker who works with homeless and uh, at-risk populations. So, she has firsthand witnessed um, the type of homeless crisis that occurs in a city when the technology industry. Look at San Francisco. uh, (laughs) Hyperinflates. Look at Austin. The property. And Miami uh, already has a huge. Yeah. yeah, And, and, and I I think to start, I will say a city is certainly not defined. You might think what is Miami and you might think the crystal blue water and the white sand and the the ivory towers uh, and the palm trees. But Miami is certainly defined by its people. Um, If the technology industry um, or, or a, a lack of intention, a lack of intentional uh, growth occurs here, then I think Miami would, in essence, if the growth that's occurring here now isn't done in an intentional way to respect and preserve the culture that makes Miami the great city it is, then we will, in essence, be shooting ourselves in the foot being here. So, so that's my first statement, is that I feel it's the responsibility of any entrepreneur, any business, any mayor, any everyone who moves here um, to respect the fact that we are not a city that needs 100 people from across the country to move here to staff an office. We're a city of talented, hungry, brilliant minds who want that opportunity and have been waiting for it. And um, to look at the amount of work that the people who, born and raised in this city put in before they got this admiration and this attention. um, It's just unbelievable. So I think to not focus on hiring the best people in Miami, on raising capital from the best investors in Miami, and by supporting the best entrepreneurs here would be selling anyone short on what they could get out of this city. 100%. I love that, dude. Um, You're right. And I've always said, I believe that Miami is unique in the sense that this city has had a just crazy and dynamic and awe inspiring culture forever. So, you know, I, I don't see the, the power of Silicon Valley or whatever you want to call it coming here and diluting the culture and, and ruining what we love about Miami. Um, I don't even know if that's possible. So, you know, I, I hope what we see happen is companies see the value in the city and they invest in the city. Um, and to me, that means you're hiring in Miami, you're raising capital in Miami, you're funding in Miami, um, and we're, we're creating a sustainable business culture here. Um, you also mentioned remote work. And I think even Silicon Valley, uh, the pioneers and who make most of the technology that allows me to work remote today, uh, you know that culture began before that existed. People worked in offices there on their computers, just like anywhere else. And I think, um, I don't know if, if we need to declare what the best place in the country to have a tech business is, I think for me three years ago, and it's still true, Miami was the best city I could possibly move to as a remote entrepreneur. Um, I could have lived anywhere in the world and I chose here. I wanted to spend my time on the beach with people who were fun and weren't all programmers. Um, and I could, I could have a great life here. So uh, I hope that those are the things that we preserve and people are moving here.
0: It's definitely a fun city i don't think the culture will take much of an impact honestly i'm not worried about that i think miami has a strong culture and has had can't take the very, hialeah out the host <laughs> yeah. heard it there <laughs> first um yeah I, I don't think that's a problem man miami's miami has a strong backbone i think i'm just worried about like the middle class to, uh side of miami 100 you know?
1: man 100 um yeah and i don't know i i i think um this is a problem that's not a unique problem. To, it's not a unique fear that you're having about Miami. This is a problem globally um, in almost every city now. But I look at
0: situations like, for example, look at downtown Miami, right? How many high rise luxury buildings do we have there? Right? How many of them are empty? The majority, right? And if they're not empty, then they're either owned by people that have a lot of money, right? Or people that don't even live in Miami. They buy and they leave it. That's just empty for fuck. And the regular Miami cannot buy them. And it's all just, you know, development is making a quick buck and whatever happens after happens after we'll take care of that later. Oh, they'll have to deal with it. You know? So my fear is really that something similar to with these tech companies. Obviously I want more tech in Miami. I want my city to grow. I want more opportunities this and this. And I, I, by all means, I hope I'm fucking wrong. I hope that, you know, five years down the line, I'm like, Josue, you were absolutely wrong. I'm like, yo, great. I'm glad I was wrong. Um, But I think it's a lot to, you know, just just look into. And I think it's a lot to make sure that we press our representatives or politicians with to ask these questions and and find out the answers. What are what are your plans as our leaders, right, as our elected servants to what are you doing to to prevent this getting worse? You know, but I mean, we'll see. That's a whole, you know, other thing. I wanted to get into, really quickly before we end the episode, crypto. Crypto, Miami, Miami. i got one more good thing on that. All right. Well, then go ahead. Can I? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. How about. Okay. So I was just saying about the
1: wealth disparity thing. Mm-hmm. So like, let me rewind real quick. So, Get the mic closer to you. I've said this, I, I've said this before. Um, I think I have this amazing admiration for the spirit of this city because, to me, I couldn't imagine seeing the opulence and the wealth of some people here, what it would have been like growing up a have-not in this city to watch, like people who can literally do anything—they seem to not have to play by the rules of life at all, mm-hmm. um, every day—and and and have to work hard and and live by the rules of society like I do today. And I think um, what I saw, or what I've seen here, is that this this diet this this crazy caricature of wealth disparity that we have in this city has also, I think bred this entrepreneurial spirit and this hunger and this drive that we see in Miami, Absolutely, that we see people who want to achieve amazing things. And, you know, I always say, um, I, growing up, people always told me I was doing too much and that I was trying too hard and I wanted to shine too bright. And I moved to this city and people told me I wasn't doing enough. Um, so I would just hope that everyone here sees what's happening and understands it, that this is an opportunity for you. If you are based in Miami, doesn't matter where you went to school, it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter anything. If you understand what's happening right now and you see the opportunity in front of you, this is the time to change that. Um, you know, so I, I, I hope overall and I view it as a, in a lot what of what would you
0: suggest people do? Like what?
1: I would say um, like I said, like Look at the organizations that are present here. Look at Refresh Miami. Look at 500 startups. You know, look at um, look at the the amazing companies like Reef and like Magic Leap that are multi-billion-dollar companies yeah, 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 yeah. that are based here. And you know, figure out how to get involved. Look at meetup, Meetup.com, Eventbrite. Uh, the Bitcoin 21 conference is happening in a week. Get connected with the local community. If you're looking for work, there's companies hiring. If you're looking for investors, there's investors writing checks. If you're looking to go try to change the world with someone, there's crazy entrepreneurs everywhere in Miami who are trying to change the world who would love for you to help them, you know? So I would say um, getting plugged in and getting connected with the local community here uh, and asking, do what I did. Ask what you can do to help, you know? Um, And I think that I see right now, it's the time for anybody here to do that.
0: I'll translate that for you later <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so really quickly back to crypto um you were you spoke in the, in the beginning of the episode about you know your involvement with crypto in, in Miami and until I met you, I had no idea that Miami even was any place to in, involved with crypto um, I'm sure others of you have no idea either so i've been to uh, I've been to different Con- not conferences, events with you like Toro, right? We went to Toro together, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the Fianna, the which E-Toro. Was very, very nice. E Toro, yeah.
1: I, I honestly to this day, eToro threw the biggest banger, the biggest that crypto was, party I've ever. Been to
0: it. That, that was, yeah, it was ritzy, it was really nice. Yeah, I got, I got real lit. Shout <laughs> out Bank of Erica for hooking us up with the VIP, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Um, so tell us a, bl- a little more, maybe as best you can. What presence does Miami have in crypto? What is currently happening in Miami in terms of crypto that isn't happening anywhere else? And if it is happening anywhere else, just where, where we stand? What's,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so first of all, and, and crypto and Miami have been synonymous for a long time. So Miami has been a crypto hub uh, long before people started calling it a I tech had no hub. fucking idea. Yeah, and, and I think if you look at the culture of Florida from the, the business friendliness, the focus on privacy... Um, the, the entrepreneurial environment the Florida and the business friendly environment, the Florida breathes and, and the free environment that Florida tries to provide is very, uh, it's very aligned with a lot of the political and ideological views of cryptocurrency fanatics. So there's that. Um, it's also, if you have, if you're successful and you can afford to live an amazing life here, I can't imagine a better place to, whether you're single and want to have fun and go out in the city or you have kids and you want to get a sweet house in coconut grove, or you are 70 years old and want to sit on a yacht for the last of your life. Shit. This I'm is, not
0: 70 and I want to sit on
1: my yacht right? for the rest of my so, life. So, I mean, this is the best to me. It's this city before it was a tech city for entrepreneurs. It's been an entrepreneurial and it's a city for successful people forever. So I think, um, you know, and and I have to give credit where it's due. So my friend, Aaron Lasher, who's a, amazing you know mentor and friend to me and uh he's a co-founder of brd one of the oldest and most innovative companies in the All right i have their wallet yeah yeah
0: like BR- five thousand dollars with a bitcoin <laughs> lost in there so that's fine oh <laughs> man it's uh it that's user error oh it is um, no, it, it's my fault so
1: so so yeah so aaron you know he was one of the problems I mean, he was telling me about Miami the day I met him. We met at a conference, and he told me he lived in some place called Coconut Grove, which sounded really nice and fancy. <laughs> like, Coconut Grove, what's that? <laughs> and, I, uh, yeah, I mean, he told me that he was living down here and that there was a tight Bitcoin community. He helped me meet a lot of the, the, the people I met here. Um, there's also the, the people at, you know, the blockchain center that opened down here, uh, Eric Kajemma and Scott, uh, who are great. Um, what do they do? So so a lot of people, I mean, what are they in, called Blockchain Center? Yeah, 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 and Blockchain center, um, I'm not sure if they're how active it is today, but but really, there are these people who focus on just making they're, I've met these people in my career who just focus on making good connections and they focus on building communities, they focus on introducing people and promoting the type of environment that we're seeing today mm-hmm. and in and in Miami, that's happened in crypto forever, so you know, there's there's uh, telegrams and discords and online communities of Miami crypto. There's crypto companies based here. Um, you know, I mean, not lately. The other day I'm on a phone call and I'm talking about uh, a few startups that are known in the crypto industry. And someone taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, you know, I'm the CEO of MoonPay. You know, oh, uh, I just moved it, down yeah. the street. It's like, crazy. let's talk sometime. So, I mean, it's really, I'm, I'm walking around my neighborhood, walking my dog and bumping into other entrepreneurs in my industry here. I love it, man. Yeah. And you know and and this is this was a dream when i moved here um you know we've always had like i said we've had this tight-knit grassroots community here that you know i'm standing on the shoulders of giants i really get to uh, enjoy the fruits of labors of the people who grew this city's tech industry um and and i'm very thankful and now what we're seeing is that just exponentially blew up and it's growing so and yeah i mean crypto it it makes sense here man Crypto's fun crypto it's uh, subversive. Crypto is pushing the envelope in a lot of ways, and it's challenging the way things have been done. And it's a, it's it's a, not a place for the fearful. Crypto is a place for bold. And I think if you look at Miami, how else do you describe a city but a place for bold people who aren't afraid to break
0: a couple rules? Wow, so poetic. To make an impact. So poetic. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No, that was beautiful. It was. <laughs> Thanks. Man. Um, so, anyone that let's say think of any locals watching this, um, and they want to get involved in some sort of crypto community? Do you have any suggestions on how they can kind of, you yeah. know?
1: Absolutely. So uh, there's a telegram here called Miami International Bitcoin. Um, there's, so Bitcoin 21 conference is coming up next oh, week. Oh, right.
0: We, I actually, thank you for reminding me. We should me talk about was. this. Yeah. So, 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 so next weekend,
1: <laughs> next weekend is Bitcoin 21. It's actually a very special year because it's 2021. It's also, we just experienced the all time high value of Bitcoin and there are 21 if you don't know there there are 21 million bitcoin in existence total ever yeah 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 so you know 21 is a significant number in our industry and um yeah we're celebrating bitcoin 21 here in Miami um i think they said over, that's next week right yeah it's next week and there's over 10,000 attendees
0: cuz this is going to air next week so yeah
1: i think june 4th to 6th june 4th to 6th so yeah so next weekend this is going to air a yeah bit. we'll ha- <laughs> we'll have we'll have a few people from team decent down here uh, Wednesday to Sunday uh, there's events all over the city there's a big conference happening at the mana center in Wynwood um, yeah I mean it's gonna be Tony Hawk's gonna be there on a half pipe pretty sweet um, that's crazy and isn't yeah, I mean, he like 60 now <laughs> dude, <laughs> what he is shred, he doing man. on a skateboard he's a beast he's like you know he's like Kelly Slater one of those athletes they just go they just go and yeah, no, I think um, Bitcoin 21 will be a great opportunity because there's going to be so many, there's official events, there's panels with people, world leaders speaking. And then you have these, you know, off channel, you know, private.
0: Where in Miami is this and what do you got to do to get in?
1: So, so the Bitcoin 21 is at the Mana Center in Wynwood, the Mana Convention Center. Okay. Uh, general admission oh, tickets for right now are $1,500 but the beauty of a conference like this is we're bringing in over 10,000 people from around the world here. There's gonna be events everywhere. There's free events, there's paid events, there's Illuminati events that I'm not invited to. I mean, there's gonna be a lot happening. There's gonna be movers and shakers from all over the world here in Miami. I think it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be celebrating our city. Uh, I'm excited. I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a great time. A lot of people are gonna do some good networking and hopefully find some life-changing opera. I changed my life going to a crypto conference four years ago. That's how I started my company, so. Uh, I, th- I hope maybe there's someone who's going to be here this week
0: who experiences it the same thing. Good shit, man. That's awesome. You heard it here first. Go to a crypto conference. Change your life. Do anything to change your life. Just get up from that fucking cubicle. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> he mentioned earlier how he was like on the phone just walking his dog, like talking to all these guys, and I'm like, that's how people should fucking work. Like, Get up from your corporate fucking bullshit job with the phone hooked up to you and do <laughs> something. Like, There's so many ways to... Make money and not be stuck in an office hating your life. I say that because I personally, like, my soul is drained when I I have to go, like, into an office. So I picture there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. So it's like, yo, your life can improve so much. Your quality of life, like, so much happier. Just, like, wouldn't you want to fucking work? Like, walking your dog under the sun? Like, yeah. (laughs) Here's what I can say
1: about being remote. If you're young, you can travel the world and fall in love.
0: That if you too. Have a family, you can work you can from anywhere. Stay
1: home and watch your kids grow up, which has never been possible in history. And if you have to do laundry, you do it on a Tuesday. So Saturday, you spend all day doing what you actually want to do. So I would I would recommend it for anyone.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, Parker buddy. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, bro. Had a great convo. I couldn't have done this without you. <laughs> That's all the time we got for today. Let's go get drunk. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. <laughs> Just kidding. Parker doesn't do those things. That's it, buddy. We're done. I know I want you to say my my outro, so you want to take Here, a shot I'll at that? I'll tell you what. I'll read it. If you let me read it, I'll say it. Okay. I, I'm going to type this up for him real quick. Okay. Don't make fun of him, though. He's 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 trying.
1: Y'all ever see someone from Cleveland try to speak Spanish?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the last one.
1: Y'all ready? No te metas con nadie, pero que nadie te la meta.
0: (laughs) We got it, bro. See you guys next time.